1: Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Max Phelps from Exist joins me on this episode. we jump right into a discussion on the latest Tool album, Cliché Tool Fans, and the greatness of Chris Poland. He also tells me how the band's name Exist is a problem on Google. I can only imagine why. Max also talks about how the last two albums, So True, So Bound, and Egoista, were recorded around the same time. But after a serious health scare, Egoista had to be delayed. So give Exist a follow on Instagram at exist underscore band underscore official. Follow us at Performance ANX. And if you like what you're hearing, consider buying us a cup of coffee at coffeecom performance anxiety. That's K O F I dot com. There's no commitment, and it helps keep the show going. It's been a long pandemic, so there's no puns today. Here's Max Phelps of Exist on Performance Anxiety.
2: How's it going, guys? This is Max Phelps from the band Exist. Uh, we just put out our new album, which is called Egoista. So you can find that online, find it on Spotify, find it on your social media, Exist uh, we are Facebook.com slash Exist and some other Instagram stuff, too. Um, and you are listening to performance anxiety and also I'm scripted to tell you that I have performance anxiety. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, first of all, th- I would thank you for coming on, man. This is awesome. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Oh, of yeah. course, of course. I went I've listened to the album, The New Elm. I've mm-hmm. really enjoyed it and I went back and started to listen to the, the older stuff. So, it's it's i'm really really impressed by everything the 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 entire catalog is just fantastic oh thanks man oh of course of course and um the the harder genres like this i'm i go about as uh, devs uh i like strapping young lad Uh but i don't have a huge vast knowledge of the genre so please excuse any ignorance of mine if i ask you stupid questions about it so
2: it's all good dude all right. yeah.
1: yeah, but even though I don't know a whole lot of it I mean I'm I like what I've heard from you guys uh, prosthetic has been sending me some pretty awesome people so, so awesome. I'm really thrilled I, four stroke Baron was on um, Varaha so I, really really enjoying a lot of your label mates so uh, let's keep it up they're sending me great people they're signing some fantastic bands like you guys so (laughs) so you were you're you're from baltimore is that right
2: yes yeah
1: is that where you got where you the band is based
2: sort of yeah um the bass player alex and i are both here um he grew up in germantown i grew up in frederick and our other guitarist still lives in frederick and um yeah, and then uh, our our drummer lives in Atlanta, but he's he's newer to the band. Yeah, so
1: okay, I'm I'm not too far from you guys. I live in Winchester. Okay, cool. So awesome, yeah. So I'm an hour from Frederick. You Go to Frederick to uh, go to the uh, Voltagio's restaurants every once in a while. Uh,
2: you know what? I've never actually been there. Oh man. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, and I, I know it's like it's like world famous. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'll have to. I don't know, maybe when the pandemic ends. Well, yeah, if,
1: it, if it's still open at that point. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's delicious. I recommend it. Uh, so how did you get into music in the first place? What, how old were you when you started really paying attention to music?
2: Um, so I would say it, I would probably say it started when I started playing guitar at the age of 13. Okay. Um, I did take piano lessons before that in like fourth grade, but it was like i I did it for probably about two years, but it wasn't something I took that seriously oh, okay I enjoyed it, you know, but it wasn't uh it you know it was more like method books and um oh, yeah. that sort of thing and yeah i think i i just i didn't have as i think if i if I had stuck with it, I probably would have fallen in love with it, you yeah. know a little older but i didn't and yeah so so probably more around when i was like 13 and i started playing guitar i always liked music before that but it was you know that's around when i really got crazy about it
1: yeah was there a lot of music in the house growing up or were were your parents musical
2: Uh, they're not like super musical but they did expose me to stuff um you know they like my mom exposed me to you know, like the Beatles and Michael Jackson and, all, you know, and actually like some kind of weirder stuff too. I guess sometimes, um, you know, they had like an old record collection and a lot of cassettes and, um, yeah. And, and, yeah, I, I mean, I, my earliest memories of, of some of that were, we're just driving around and my mom would have a cassette of the white album that she would put on. And I would, I always really loved that. And, uh, yeah. So that kind of, and, you know, they're still one of my favorite bands, I guess. So there's like, I, I remember, enjoying music at a really young age, but I didn't like consciously think about it the same way. Like, like I remember watching Fantasia and then later when I was older, having a a teacher recommend that I check out the Rite of Spring by Stravinsky. And then, you know, and it's like, I realized, oh, I actually know every note of this already, at least (laughs) segments that were in that, you know, (laughs) Uh, and it was like, I always appreciated that stuff. And I I think I, I absorbed it in a way, but it wasn't really something that, um, I consciously thought about you know okay. yeah
1: so what what was it that brought you to playing the guitar what 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 really flipped the switch and said i i, I want to play guitar
2: honestly i don't even completely know it was i mean it was really just as simple as one of my best friends who is still a really close friend of mine and actually i was i guess he's been my best friend since i was four he started playing guitar because he was really obsessed with the Beatles and getting into and then getting into like other kind of classic rock stuff. Um, okay. And he was taking lessons and I, yeah, I don't even know why, like I, I think it was just one of those, oh, well, Dan's doing it, I'll do it, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so I started taking lessons with the same teacher that he was taking lessons with, who was a great, Future, uh as far as like you know he he was really somebody that was I think important to my development as a person in high school you know and uh sort of like the first like I I guess you know I didn't really like sports that much uh I didn't really like organized activities I think I didn't really like anything where I had to at that age where I felt like I had to kind of compare myself to other people and something that I liked about guitar was just that I kind of just did it In my bedroom and, you know, and I would jam with my buddy and a few other friends eventually, but it was like, you know, it was something that I kind of just, I did, I didn't really have any plan for it. I didn't have any sort of. Like, you know, I didn't have any ambitions with it. It was just something that I kind of did. And eventually it replaced video games, you know? (laughs)
1: Yeah. What was the first metal album that really took you from the Beatles to, you know, the the heavier side of the, the spectrum, the stuff that you guys actually play now?
2: So... Well, I guess a little before I started playing guitar, you know, I I heard like bands that everybody was kind of into at the time. So it would have been, you know, I mean, like for heavy stuff, you know, I'm of the generation where the what is called like new metal would have been emerging. So, you know, I I think I heard heard, like Corn and Slipknot before anything else, you know, and and, and honestly, the first thing that even though it's not like metal, you know, I, I remember being in. I think sixth grade when the Marshall Mathers LP came out and every kid had that, you know, and I mean, that's heavy in a way, it's a different sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But you know, it's, it's like angry music that I didn't, you know? And uh, so, you know, there was stuff like that. And then, and then when I really started playing music and playing guitar, I think the first band that, I really got obsessive about was tool
1: oh yeah okay like, a huge tool fan okay so that that brings up the question what do you think about the new album fear and occupation I love it really I
2: love it. yeah no I, I think it's amazing uh, wow. it actually and uh, yeah maybe maybe some people don't feel that way that you don't you're not a fan I, either.
1: I you know I listened to it when it was you know when it first came out of streaming I, I still haven't even bought it Yeah. I, but to me, it just sounds a lot like uh, Ladder Alice and 10,000 Days. It just It's just, to me, it's a continuation of the same, you know, the, the triplets, yeah. the hammer ons, everything. It just sounds, to me, it sounds like if you take those albums and took uh, Danny Carey's drums and made them a little more 1980s sounding. I think so, but
2: I, yeah, I could see that. Well, okay, so here's the question Were you a big fan of those albums before that?
1: I liked them. I liked uh, Lateralis, and then Ten Thousand Days was a little. I don't know. I I started to. I kind of felt like Ten Thousand Days sounded a little too much like Lateralis. Like, all right, yeah, I I could agree with. We're doing the same thing here.
2: I wasn't as impressed with Ten Thousand Days as like Lateralis and and Anima before that. I was like obsessed about you know when I was. Yeah,
1: Yeah, Anima. I was just. I listened to that constantly.
2: Yeah. Um. But I mean, maybe honestly, in a way, what I liked about the new one was though that it did feel like a continuation of those, even though so much time has gone by. Yeah. And, but it didn't feel like to me like forced. If that makes, I, at least I didn't think. You know, I mean, okay. like yeah, they've got their vocabulary and they kind of worked within this really close threshold. And I think there's a lot of people that maybe the band didn't click with as much, you know, on that, on that really. Cause you know, the, the cliche tool fan is like kind of a joke because, (laughs) you know, it's considered to be like really pretentious. And, but I think, I think maybe there's like more casual listeners who kind of didn't experience experience that level of obsession. Yeah. Maybe hear it. And they're just kind of like, well, I don't see what the big deal is because it's like on paper, you could be like, okay, well this is kind of, Simple music in some ways, and there's a lot of minimalism, and there's a lot of, but no, nah, I don't know. To me, like the way they sort of implement those devices, and the way, that, and I think one thing, like, because Matt, the other exist guitarist, he's the same way, like he's a tool fanatic, and yeah, and um, I think one thing that we both kind of like about it is just that it, it feels like a lot of music now there's not as much patience in the music, if that makes sense.
1: I think, yeah, I think I know what you're saying,
2: and. Tool is like a band that is really unafraid to kind of take these minimalistic ideas and then just develop, you know, one device at a time. And it's, I I don't know, to me, it like, it it keeps me really engaged, you know? So, so when I heard Fear Inoculum, I was kind of like, you you know, I didn't want to read anything that people were saying and I didn't want to, uh, and I don't think I listened to the first, you know they released the first track first but like i avoided that because i'm like okay well i'll just wait till hear the whole album and i
1: I did the same thing
2: Yeah, i was really impressed i i think it's you know i can see why people would be ripping on it but i'd almost be surprised if like the really hardcore tool fans are disappointed in a way just because you know maybe it's a sentiment thing but (laughs) yeah
1: yeah. see i think for me it was i i was i was in college when undertow came out yeah so i got that as soon as it came out a friend of mine suggested it like hey you gotta check out this band tool I said, all right cool and i got it and i loved it so i went back and i got the uh the ep uh what the hell the opiate ep uh-huh. and and one of the really cool things is when i got the the opiate ep it had in in the liner notes it said hey f- you know check out we've got some more stuff you know right to this because this was like 92 two or three or yeah. something like that. yeah
2: 92 i think so i was
1: like all right so they check out uh, write for a catalog of our stuff so i back in the days i, I wrote them a, a letter and sent you know sent them like the dollar or whatever it was for this for their catalog and they sent it to me and they here's get a cassette of our demos for seven bucks i was like yeah sure i'll do that so i sent them a check for seven bucks and they sent me a cassette which i still have it in the back it, it's sitting there i can see it from here it's about 10 feet behind me uh-huh. with all the original demos from before opiate so oh i don't
2: think i've
1: heard any of that oh it's 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 been bootlegged a lot but it's the uh it's that cassette with the uh real the phallic tool with the like the oh, the, okay. the wrench I, I, see, I,
2: didn't even, I know that logo i didn't even yeah. know that was that far back that's pretty cool
1: yeah it's the the uh, cassette title is like it's. I don't know. It's like five. It's like one, two, seven, three, six. I don't know. It's, it's just numbers. I don't even. I used to know what they actually meant, but I don't, I'm so far removed from it at this point because I don't play right. the cassette anymore. Right, <laughs> I used right. to pop that in my car and listen. to it and now it's worth like a grand or something. I'm just like, I'm gonna put that thing under lock and key. Right, but I think my, my whole point of that is I I've been a fan for a long time, and I think with a 13 year gap between albums, I was kind of expecting something that would sound like the band had progressed or had done something with those 13 sure. years.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I think that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I I would have been kind of open to whatever, you know. Yeah. To me, the album. It sounds like that still, but it's not, it didn't feel like somehow, you know, a lot of times when you have bands that do that after that long, you know, and they age, and there's a lot of albums that feel more like it's just an attempt to recreate something, you know? Yeah. And yeah. and to me, that album doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. Like, it, I, maybe, the, I don't know, that might just be my taste, but it doesn't, it feels, uh, it felt genuine
1: to me. Well, there are um, some great tracks on, like Tempest, uh, is, I think is great. Um, I like that. Yeah. And, and it, I can't remember the titles for all of them because it's been a while since I listened to it. But, uh, you know, you kind of making me think i should go back and give it another listen so maybe maybe i'll do that that work tomorrow I just put it on yeah. you know max max i a big fan of this let me, let me give it another shot but yeah
2: i mean that just might be me you know
1: yeah.
2: uh, i try not to be too dogmatic about yeah. these <laughs> anymore you know
1: yeah exactly yeah so when did you meet up with the guys who became the original version of exist
2: uh well there was an incarnation before any of these guys were in there okay um, and that would have been, like, high school, basically. It was, yeah, this drummer that I uh, was good friends with in high school. You should look up, by the way. Alex Rodinger. He's, okay. he's ridiculous. He's, like, one of the craziest metal drummers in the world. Oh, sweet. Um, just as far as tightness. And, yeah, he's pretty unbelievable. He's one of the hardest working people I know.
1: I'll look him up for um, sure.
2: Yeah. and uh, And so he was, like, in the original incarnation. And we actually... And and then there was another bass player who same thing. It was like a high school friend of mine. And um, and then we kind of like rotating second guitarists. We had a vocalist for a while, too, even before that. Um, Oh, wow. But but yeah, we recorded an album as that. And uh, it sounded a lot. It was like a lot more straight death metal, I guess. Um, You know, still kind of proggy, but but a little. I don't know. It was it was a different thing. It was kind of a different thing.
1: Your chops hadn't progressed to the extent they are now either. So I'm sure it was. Yeah, little...
2: I think also maybe there was a little more of like uh, I don't know. I, I think we weren't taking it as seriously in some ways, and then also maybe there was a little more of a conservative mindset of like, oh well, this is this, so it's got to be this. I don't I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Whole cool album, yeah, yeah, the chops thing, Drew. You know, but but then um, he ended up. Uh, we, we kind of parted ways and the bass player was already kind of out of the picture by then. And Alex had joined the current bass player yeah. who's still with us. And, uh, and then, yeah, like the lineup sort of reformed and we started doing this thing pretty quickly after that became our first EP that actually got released. So, okay. so yeah, we kind of sat on this whole uh, debut album in like 2007 or eight or something, you know, okay. that was, fin- and yeah. And then just kind of shelved it and, uh and, did this other ep release that and sort of went from there but that would have been yeah i guess around that ep came out in 2010 yeah so yeah so you know i guess it would have been the few years before that that we were like playing a lot of local shows and playing that real and some of the sunlight material as well because most of that was already written
1: oh really okay
2: yeah and so yeah yeah i've never i've known those guys for a little while before then so i've probably known alex the bass player and matt the other guitarist since like 2006 or so around when i graduated high school
1: oh yeah. cool okay so so exist has really been the only band you've been in then
2: no no None? no i um so i i toured with well i i've i've done a lot of other like I've done a ton of other stuff because I do kind of like the freelance thing as well. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I toured with uh, Cynic. Okay. Just like another. If, if you haven't checked out Cynic, definitely because they were like one of my absolute favorite bands, and I oh, ended cool. up playing with them at uh, in like 2011. So it was like right after we recorded that first EP. Okay. Okay. Um, and I've kind of been involved with them on and off. Um, the drummer just passed away. Uh, oh but, gosh. Yeah, I, they, but the band is like still hypothetically you know they're still active he's the main working on a new album um and then uh and then i i did this uh, and then there's a a band called death that some of the cynic guys were that played in like a death metal band called death that's sort of like sort of one of the bands that i i I mean i think the people say that death metal the term death metal actually comes from the word Death. I'll send you some links to some stuff. but
1: yeah, uh, yes, but, please. So the the guy who plays
2: guitar for that Chuck Schuldiner, he uh, yeah. he passed away in like two thousand one. He was kind of he was really the brains behind that band.
1: Yeah, I and, remember that. Yeah,
2: but um, a bunch of the musicians that played in the lineups, uh, they've kind of started touring the music again at some point and doing like a tribute sort of like a glorified tribute band and and uh because i was working with the cynic guys i got kind of pulled into into doing that so so that's something i've toured with pretty extensively um that is we're still doing it it's you know we're not doing it right now and we've kind of had like a we've not done it for maybe five years but we were actually going to be starting to kind of do it again right when the pandemic hit oh geez. Um so and then there's another band a German band that I toured with uh, and did an EP with called Defeated Sanity and they're like um, they're crazy I, that's some crazy stuff like you know it's <laughs> best like, entry to death metal but it's really it's really wild music man it's oh, I, cool. I think they're brilliant and uh and you know they i just did vocals on their stuff and it was just one ep that was actually a very different sound than kind of what they do but they just released an album that you know i'm not really involved with them anymore but uh okay. or, i don't know it's <laughs> it, everything's undefined with all that stuff you know it's like, yeah you know,
1: it's pretty fluid
2: yeah and then and then yeah, i played in a lot of other like local bands and um
1: okay yeah, but it, it exists is is that the the that, I mean, that's basically your baby though yes
2: yeah 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 that i would say yeah
1: so as far as like the
2: band that i write for yeah you know yeah yeah yep
1: mm-hmm. okay so how did you come up with the name Exist? because it's it's really simple but really powerful i'm surprised it hadn't been used before
2: i think it well first off it has been used before by a i'm lady.
1: getting everything wrong tonight No, it's
2: okay. (laughs) Yeah, but, well, here's the thing. So, I didn't realize this when I came up with First off, okay, so so the name exists just, to me, I wanted to kind of get away from, like, what might seem like a kind of cliche name in the metal scene, and I wanted something that sounded a little more all-encompassing. And, like, I like, you know, the fact that, like, yes was just yes, or, like, Rush was just Rush. Like, I thought all that stuff was really cool. And so I wanted to kind of do something like that, but little that i know it would be like a big problem for search engine stuff you know as we kind of move into the <laughs> internet like you can't look up like this. so i think that's actually kind of screwed us a lot oh. i don't know maybe not I, I i i'm pretty sure it's a problem yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like 10 years ago i wasn't really thinking like that i just thought it sounded cool but i probably wouldn't call that now i'm working on another band that i put out an ep with called wait with a guy a good friend of mine who's here in baltimore also okay. um and he named the band wait and i'm trying to tell him like don't do Ooh. that yeah, yeah but it's too late so. <laughs>
1: um learn from me yeah yeah
2: but yeah i don't know it just kind of seemed like you know the the lyrics were kind of this existential questioning kind of stuff which you know maybe is now like a little cliche in, in the subgenre and you know all of the ba- a bunch of the bands that I liked were kind of writing stuff like that but um, it just seemed like a fitting name that kind of had a cool element of mystery I guess
1: you know that makes sense and I, I think it's great I love the the band logo the, the artwork that you guys have done the uh, uh, the, the previous album look, it looks exactly Has a very Roger Dean look to the artwork. I thought it was it's a fantastic
2: Roger D. I'm sorry. Oh,
1: from Yes, the guy who did all the Yes covers. Oh,
2: the guy who did the covers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I could see that though. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So that was just basically it's this guy Sebastian Jerk in Germany. Okay. Um and yeah we kind of stumbled upon his stuff before we were working I guess around when we were working on so true so bad and just thought it was really cool and uh he's been awesome to work with because he's very like a lot of artists i've worked with and i understand this but you know they they sort of just need to do all their commissions and get it done and so it's like you know you give him a concept and it's kind of like okay well here's the right. this guy goes hard so we'll give him a concept and he'll uh he really sort of bounces back and forth on what it is and um and maybe how he can contribute to that. And like, he likes to really get into, I I don't know. Oh, what's the, you know, what's going on lyrically with this album. And yeah, and he he did the logo. So the logo, we sort of worked off of an old logo that somebody else did for us. That was originally Matt, our other guitarist design. And then we wanted to sort of touch it up. That was the sunlight logo. Right. Right. And so Matt and Alex are both, decent visual artists and they kind of we kind of honed these ideas down until we had something that was pretty close and then we gave that to sebastian because we knew he could really make something out of it and he spit like 20 options back so we really spent a long time thinking about that and refining that but yeah he's just really cool as far as being willing to do you know he'll do a million passes of something until you're happy and he just really likes to get you know and he'll always like you'll ask him to do something and he'll throw like 20 options at you and be like, well, do you like this or this or this? Or yeah, he's just, I don't know. And so I, I love working with him for that reason.
1: That's fantastic. You don't, Yeah. You don't get a, you don't usually get that. I've had to work with people like for my, well, actually my logo was, was pretty simple. So for the, uh-huh. for the podcast, it was, uh-huh. uh, I told the guy what I wanted and showed him what the one I had done uh, a rendering. I had done myself when I'm right. you know total basic with that crap. And, um, uh, he sent back like three options. I said, let's combine like numbers one and three, and then I'm good. <laughs> so that was it. So, but I
2: mean, hey, if you know, if and if that's what you need and it hits the spot, like you know, there's no reason to go beyond that, but oh, yeah. yeah, it's just and I and also it's like with guys I've worked with before, it's like I understand that because every you know, you're not it's not that lucrative of a thing, yeah. And uh, you know, you've kind of got to hustle to hustle with that, and so but yeah, no, he's just really cool about it, and uh, yeah, we love working with him. And,
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, because I've been doing this a lot tonight. Did uh, did you go to school for music? Uh, did you, after high school? Uh, I did,
2: kind of on and off. Okay. Like, I, um, I originally went to school for, like, one semester out of high school for, like, uh, I think i wanted to do like it or something and and uh i didn't really want to do that Nothing. and you know, it was just one of those like uh oh, this seems like the obligatory kind of thing to do and i'll just pick a major yeah and then i i re- and then i realized when i was there that like i really want to take a shot at music and so i i dropped out cuz i was like okay I, I shouldn't do this right now i should just take some time you know and oh, yeah i worked in uh in a warehouse for a while and started studying privately Okay. With, uh, yeah, with with a really proficient teacher who's you know and really learning like the jazz theory stuff and you know and that and just a lot more kind of music pedagogy stuff. That's and,
1: what uh, I wanted to know about. The, yeah, the the jazz. Yeah. That's what I had read. So, what got you into the, into jazz?
2: Uh kind of that. Yeah, sort of. You know, I mean, I, I guess my gateway was kind of through the progressive metal stuff to like okay. fusion, to then you know, more traditional jazz and, uh, some of the more like modern kind of stuff that's going on. But, um, yeah, but I, but I, I do think that comes a lot from studying it. You know, I sort of was discovering it synonymously while, while studying it. And, uh, I went to study music just cause I was curious about all that stuff and I wanted to, to right. push myself more and, and, and just to kind of figure out, you know, what are the mechanics of all this? Like what is it that's happening here?
1: Okay. Um, okay.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, at least on that level, there's all these other levels of, like, you know, sound that I don't under, like I don't understand, like EQ and under, you know, I am I'm oh, yeah. When it comes to like, you know, that, that <laughs> technology side of things or
1: the like maybe, engineering you know, aspect
2: you know, or like the physics of what's going on. Like, I understand music theory pretty well, but, yeah, you know, there's a whole bunch of other <laughs> stuff that I. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I was listening as I was listening and going back through your older albums. It's- a couple things struck me, and, and I don't know, you know, I I don't know exactly who your influences are outside of the Beatles and yeah. uh, and-, and Tool, but I, I was listening and, and I- not just the f- the phrasings, but even the tone of-, of the guitars. It's it feels and it sounds to me a lot like Chris Poland, uh, his solo oh, stuff, sure. and. Yeah, uh, sure. And Guthrie Govan, yeah, I'm getting, I, I'm, I'm hearing. Those are the like the two big influences I'm hearing as far as guitar. love to get on the show at one point but <laughs> but so i mean are you listening to instrumentalists like that you know good shredders sure. and
2: yeah yeah for sure i mean i yeah i love both of those guys um so so like holdsworth alan uh, Holdsworth is yeah like for me that's like you know one of my biggest guys and it's it's probably not disguised too well you know but like <laughs> I mean, that's also like a guy that i don't think i think if you imitate him at all it's you know it, he's just so different yeah um but but you know similar sort of you know Chris Paul and sort of like fusiony and that you know and, and go up into you know there it's it's not that far off I don't think um, yeah I like him There's a jazz guitarist I really really like named Kurt I'm Rosenwinkel
1: Not familiar with him
2: He's like a kind of a more modern guy and then There's a whole bunch of of other ones kind of in that world that are maybe like lesser known but uh, There's a lot of guitarists like that I like and and yeah I mean yeah I like Guthrie and I like Chris Paul, and you know, I think yeah. everybody kind of went to Chris Paul and like through Megadeth, you know, but but those Ohm albums are kind of in the vein of that, yeah.
1: I love the Ohm, and uh, the, the one he did, uh, Ohm Free with Umphries McGee was just they actually did two with Umphries McGee. I
2: don't know if I've heard that, I didn't even know he collaborated with them. I I I know Umphries McGee, but I didn't, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: he did two albums with them, um, and they're both fantastic. It's uh, oh, awesome. it's weird, it's, it's you know, basically Chris Paul with a Jam band, it's just so it's, it's weird, but it, it, it works for him anyway. <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> That's awesome, I can so, see that.
1: Oh, yeah, and, it, and I mean, he's done god, he's done so much stuff. I remember, uh, I'd say early 2000s, he, he had released a solo album, Chasing the Sun, and mm-hmm. uh, I reached out to the, the label that was releasing it and i said i've been a huge fan i've got both his albums with megadeth uh maybe even the the third one had had come out the system has failed because he was on that one too Mm -hmm. i think that one may have even come out and i'm like i'm a huge chris poland fan you know i've I've got all this stuff you guys got anything else besides this and the guy's like oh yeah he's like (laughs) i've got all this crap he's like it's not He's like, I'll just copy it for you. He's like, send me whatever the amount was. He's like, I'll send you as much stuff as I've got. I'm like, wow, okay. So I, I get in the mail. I get, I get uh, a solo album. I get a bunch of stuff he did with a band called uh, Mumbo's Brain, which is just really weird stuff. Um, all I kinds. That one. Oh yeah, it's all kinds of weird demos and stuff. Because he was also in a band, a prog band called. Damn the Machine, in the early 90s.
2: That sounds familiar. Yeah, it was... I don't know if I've really heard it. It
1: was him, uh, the bassist was a guy named Dave Randy, and uh, his brother, I think Mark Poland, is the drummer in that. So it was just... it, it was. They did one album, and uh, I think they did demos for a second album, and that became this weird band, Mumbo's Brain. And then they just, he just started demoing all kinds of stuff, and it's just some really cool jazzy influence but you know heavier stuff it's really wild stuff if you can find it i'll see if i can i'll see if i can shoot you some links to it because it's really cool stuff sure we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors in the vocals of the band i hear a devin townsend influence um in the in the I hear, you know he gets these big grandiose courses that are beautiful and i i hear that in in the courses that you guys do but i also hear like um the planet smasher from ziltoid in in, in some <laughs> songs which is like the deepest heaviest voice i've ever heard so it I, that's really cool that you sound similar to it i mean i i don't know how you do that without destroying your voice
2: yeah. I don't know. I, um, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I do destroy to write it. I, yeah. Like, uh, I, uh, cause I'll have to do it. Um, with the, with the death tribute, it's like, it'll be like two hours a night sometimes. Oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. I, I, I've kind of figured out how to like warm up properly with that. And, uh, I, I used to blow my voice a lot. Yeah. And wow. I don't, seem to anymore
1: well that's good (laughs) yeah Yeah. because i've heard there's a technique too but i you know honestly i I mean i can't sing i'm not a not a very musical person taught myself guitar so i'm not a very good teacher apparently but i've heard there's a technique but i I, to me that's just i don't know how you guys do that without just being hoarse all the time but
2: i I think it's also like everybody who's doing it because there's so many different you know, there's all these like different nuanced like styles of it, and it's it's. I think everybody that's doing it is doing it differently, honestly, and like okay. different people are just built differently as far as what they can kind of handle with that, or yeah. or like how that comes out. You know, so I yeah, I don't know. One thing like just hanging out a lot of with a lot of guys who who do death metal vocals, like it just seems like everybody's doing something different.
1: Yeah, is there a term <laughs> for that type volume? of? What's is, that? Is there a term for that type of vocal? Like, uh,
2: uh people just call it growling. Yeah, okay. like growling, death metal growls. Um, yeah.
1: All right, that's part of that. That's like I said, that's part of the ignorance of, of my ignorance of the genres. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, there's so many little worlds of everything, and yeah, I mean, that's that, well, like with with metal, there's so many subgenres and just so many things going on. It's yeah. you know, a lot to. It's a
1: lot. What I like about it is that you guys don't stick with with just the growl. You guys have some fantastic, beautiful vocals.
2: the music kind of comes out too but but honestly there's bands that i like that only do that you know like death metal bands and and i don't think they need anything else (laughs) you know everything's got its own threshold and yeah yeah Yeah.
1: one of the things when i first heard the uh, the new album and first of all i want to find out where it's egoista how did you come up with that name
2: it was just something that kind of, it It sounded like a cool, like, made up, like, disease of the ego or something. But oh, okay. It was, yeah. But then, um, I, and then, and then I realized kind of Googling it that it was the, it's the Spanish and Portuguese word for selfish. Yeah. Um, so that, but that still seemed kind of cool and fitting. You know, yeah. It, su- subjects and, uh, it works. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've got a dude with a solar system orbiting his head. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, yeah, that that's basically it. And then, and then we just kind of spelled it wrong to try to beat the search engine. Yeah. For, <laughs> it did
1: work, It's didn't all it. SEO and SEM. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, we can pretend it's like art. It's artistic, right? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, that's you know. So so basically, death metal has come down to search engine marketing.
2: Well, I don't know. I don't think you should think too much like that. You know? But I don't know. i was just trying to like differentiate
1: it somehow. All right. So, one of the first things that drew me into the album was you have a song titled "Infinite Monkey Theorem," and I love monkeys. So, anything having to do with monkeys, he got me. He got my attention. The song is awesome. So I'm, I'm looking at my notes. And you've got some gorgeous guitars. And it's the first time I can remember hearing the word dervish in a song. Oh, yeah. And I love the ending to the song. That heavy, the, the bass. I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's, it's a really awesome way to end the, album and, or the, the song. And then you mm-hmm. go right into uh, uh, Siblings Born into Different Dimensions. Yep. Which to me, that's my favorite track on the album. I, oh, killer! Awesome. I absolutely love that song. D- do you have an idea of what songs you're going to sing a certain way? Like, like which this song? You know, I want to get this across, so I've, I'm I'm going to do the death metal vocals, and this songs will have none. Is there is there a plan beforehand, or are you guys just kind of jamming and working it out in the studio? Uh,
2: it's it's pretty pre predetermined. Yeah, like I um I think of like like when it comes to writing, I really write the vocals at the same time not necessarily lyrics you know okay but but it's like i i don't see um i don't see like the riffs or the chord progressions as separable from the melody okay okay Uh, and so yeah it's like it's when i write it's like i sort of already have these even even though i don't have lyrics i have the all the clean vocal melodies are like pretty preconceived and, and often, you know, pretty like really written like this. It's like, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, sometimes something will kind of come before something else, but, yeah. but a lot of times it's like, uh, and a lot of times the vocal melodies really kind of come synonymously with the harmony. And then some of the stuff that becomes rich with more of that might kind of come after. So yeah, it's like, I really kind of think of it all at once. And then even with the screams, you know, even though they're not tonal, it's like, I'm I'm hearing rhythms. Oh, okay. Pretty immediately and, and hearing like, OK, well, I hear this as this screaming thing with like these kind of rhythms going on. And, and then by the time I'm like writing lyrics, I pretty much have this idea in my head already of like exactly what the vocal rhythms, even for those part are. And then it's sort of and that makes it maybe a little more challenging for writing lyrics because it's like I'm trying to then create sentences or phrases that fit exactly to those syllables in a way that feels good and then like still has these kind of cool catchy rhyme schemes on the end right yeah so yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty thought of all at once though it's like i generally know immediately and and sort of conceive it all at once yeah
1: okay all right so that that leads me to my next really two questions and i'll ask them and you because I don't exactly know the time frame on this, and so you can kind of fill me in on this, so sure during the recording of this album, you got a new drummer, yes. and my question for that as I think they're all but two songs he he redid did did he well, have but a- he
2: played on everything he played on everything oh, yeah. okay
1: okay yeah, he played the
2: whole thing he just he just there were some drum parts written or they're like varying degrees of drum parts, but they're not as detailed usually as what he's you know as what he's actually doing and, okay. then, and then we kind of go through and re- retweak everything to fit his style so it's yeah it okay. depends on the part too but.
1: so did did bringing him in change the the songs though did it did it change the sound of it or maybe what you wanted to do with any of the songs or was it pretty much this is what I want you to do and let's do it
2: I would say I would say both <laughs> <And> because it <they, laughs> Yeah, because it, like, so what I'll do is I will, at this point, usually sort of, like, record a demo of something. Okay. Depending on where it's at in the process, sometimes I'm bouncing ideas off of the other guys while that's, you know, but, and then sometimes I'm, it kind of just depends on the song, but... I'll usually have a demo that's like pretty structured before anybody's really working on their individual parts So then beyond that there's kind of these layers of things that happen afterwards like you know Alex is going to improvise a lot of his bass lines or he's yeah. going to kind of construct these parts and depending on it really it's sectional so it's like sometimes there's a part in a song where it's just like okay, just let's just keep this this way because maybe i wrote this bass part that's like a counterpoint sort of thing with the guitar or maybe it's just something that really needs to be this simple minimalistic thing okay you know there's there's a huge portion of that stuff that he improvises or writes his own lines to with matt the other guitarist it's the same sort of thing like he will come up with these sort of extra layers of ideas or maybe i'll be like uh there's something that needs to still be here and then he'll kind of come up with something we'll, and then maybe i'll be like okay well let's tweak this around and we'll sit there and kind of develop stuff he does a lot of the soundscaping too a lot of the ambient stuff uh, so sometimes, okay. sometimes i'll have like I'll know what I want tonally there or there'll be a melody or there'll be a general outline for a melody or sort of a vibe that's supposed to be there. Yeah. And he'll take that and he'll be like, okay, well, Hey, check this sound out. You know, and we'll see some, a lot of times we do that in the room together. So it depends. Sometimes it's a lot of it's remote too. Okay. Uh, okay. It's a big mismesh of, And then it's the same with the drums. So because he's remote, Six, yeah, six out of the eight songs had been written, like, back in 2014. Yeah. When we were ready to finally approach this album, we went back, we tweaked, we, you know, I kind of tweaked certain things in there, and and then, you know, we would, we demoed everything. Everybody was, like, demoing their stuff. And then for the drums, the old drummer had sat down with me and and written... Two of the songs, like already, so we already have the drums like really, really composed for that. Okay, but you know, and then and then I did drum programming on like I guess all the other ones first, but then you know I, I'm not a drummer, and also sometimes I'm trying to leave space for certain things to happen. Yeah, sometimes not. Sometimes there's something really specific I want, but it's yeah, it's really different across the board depending on on the part. So then because he's remote, our new drummer we bounce transcriptions back and forth. Oh, uh, okay. Like in notation software. Wow. And, and, and then sometimes taking that and importing it into like MIDI drums, you know, which I already programmed beforehand. So there's like kind of a rough idea of what something is. Okay. And yeah, we would just bounce stuff back and forth and, and just really go into detail of, okay, well, what about this for this measure? You know, and he would kind of I- impose his own ideas that maybe sometimes they're almost meant to sound more improvised even, or, you know, and, and, uh, and yeah, then, but, but you know, most of it didn't end up too improvised. It depends on the sections. Sometimes with the more open sections, he was able to. Um, but I think just because... And then he came up for a week, and we actually tracked the real thing once we had that, like, really fine-tuned. Oh, cool. And a lot of it, he was, like, sight-reading while he was doing it, you know, wow. because it's pretty detailed stuff. And, you know, he didn't really have a ton of rehearsal time. And he was also... He was working on another... Uh, he had to play live with this other band that was like really hard for a different reason like that he was doing like a month after that so it's like he, you know and he had just tracked another album with his other band <laughs> by the way check that band out Seder, really great prog band
1: oh cool yeah
2: yeah. I'll try to remember some of these names <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh yeah, well, as so- I'm
1: editing I'm gonna be making notes and if I have any questions I'll email you yeah there you go Yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
2: but yeah so you know you know, like i it's it depends on the part, um but we we i mean we did spend a lot of time really getting that to where you know where it felt like it needed to be, okay. and um sometimes I'm kind of picky about that stuff, and uh I'm sure that gets frustrating for those guys. <laughs> I don't know, but i I also think like we're all kind of aligned at least in trying to make something as good as possible and and they they still end up with a lot of input and terms of what they're playing so
1: so the, yeah. there's three years between uh, so true so bound and egoista yes so in that time frame you get you actually had a pretty serious medical emergency happen yeah <laughs> <So laughs> yes yeah. what happened and is, is and was that part of the reason why i mean I'm, I'm looking and it looks like there's usually like a three to four year gap between albums anyway but yeah what what was the 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 issue if, if if you're open to talking about it and then did yeah, that yeah. did that or was that part of the reason why there is a three year gap between cuz you said some of the songs were written in in 14 yeah 2014 so, yeah so
2: what was before so so the so true so bound stuff was largely being written at the same time as a lot of the egoist stuff and uh or or you know maybe around i guess we started it in 2014 but it was kind of like 2014 slash 2015 and then okay and then and then yeah it just kind of seemed like they were two different albums i think and so uh most even though most of the egoist stuff was first it kind of made sense to do this other thing first and it was kind of all coming at once and then um and then yeah so so like after so true so bound so i i discovered actually like right before so true so bound was released that i had like insanely high blood pressure oh wow yeah like i don't know if you know numbers but it was like resting it was running like 180 or 190 over oh wow. yeah like yeah it was pretty bad it was over uh like 100 something
1: oh my god yeah my my daughter just became a, a cna so I've, I've suddenly become knowledgeable of blood pressure because every other day she's taking my blood pressure for to get her certifications <laughs> <so>.
2: that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, I have, like, a pretty crazy appreciation for the medical field after. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was like I, I went in for something totally different. Like, I, I I had a tick on me, and I had been camping, and one of the girls in the group we were camping with got, like, Lyme disease on that oh. same trip, and, you know, she caught it early enough that it was fine. But I, okay. I went to get checked for Lyme disease just because I was like, okay, I should probably, yeah. You know, and I, I didn't have it, but they when I went in there, they were just like, holy shit, your blood pressure is
1: you know it's through the roof
2: you're gonna die like tomorrow <laughs> so go to the hospital now
1: oh my so, god
2: because yeah, then you know you're panicking like oh fuck! Well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably makes it higher uh but yeah so so i um i went and got it checked out a bunch and uh they couldn't really figure out what it was for a long time and, the, and then finally uh after i got this ultra and like medicines didn't work for it like none of them wow. They just weren't really doing anything and, and finally i got a like a, a cat scan and it turned out that there was like a an aneurysm on on the renal artery of one of my kidneys which wow and, and also i have like some kind of birth defect that my um the renal arteries the arteries that go to the kidney are already like really really small compared to normal ones as, wow. as well like some of the other stuff around there yeah so that was like kind of that i guess because it limits the blood flow, like kind of cause this aneurysm to grow and like block it all off. And, um, and then I guess your kidneys regulate your blood pressure. So if they detect that, you know, that they're not getting enough blood, they think that, you know, there's a hormone in there that called, uh, like renin, renin, I, and that right. regulates it and so they pump more and then your blood pressure goes through the roof so it's i guess it's like a fairly rare thing but uh yeah i went and got this crazy surgery and they like bypassed my kidneys and uh wow and, yeah and they removed the aneurysm and um oh my i don't god. know it's been pretty good since so right. i guess I, yeah
1: thank god for lyme disease yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've gotten messed up by Lyme. Disease,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, I guess I probably shouldn't. I'll take that one back. They got for Lyme yeah. disease checks.
2: I, everything happens. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, things happen. Things get. Things happen. But you know, it wouldn't have been discovered if you if you hadn't had that concern. So that was right that was good
2: yeah, yeah i got lucky in that sense yeah i might have yeah so uh so that's i would say like going back to you know I, I yeah that was a setback it probably set us back like six months or so yeah Um uh, maybe not that much i don't know it might not have even been that much because it was like you know the recovery time for the surgery was maybe like two months total and then we had a oh. tour like right after that like right after i recovered we had a we had a pretty long tour which was awesome oh wow um, well so, let's
1: yeah. jump right back in it yeah. Which unfortunately you can't do with the album that just came out in August. Nope. <laughs> so, un- <laughs> so what are you guys doing in the meantime? Are you, are you writing or are you guys live streaming anything? What What are you guys up to?
2: Uh, yeah. Like a lot of like videos, guitar videos and stuff. Um, I mean, it just came out like last week. So I, lately I've just been, you know, Alex and I have just been mailing a bunch of these pre-orders out, uh, which is, cool. yeah. Yeah. But, um, so I'm well I'm I'm doing yeah like some video stuff doing some stuff with uh also with the death doll thing we've been doing like these quarantine videos um yeah I mean that's kind of the extent of what you can do you know I, th- I think we've thought about like streaming a concert or something but also with Brody being in Atlanta and like the budget to like really make it something that I think would be that worthwhile is kind of like uh I don't know we might do like some more quarantine videos and then uh I'm recording vocals mm-hmm. I guess in about a month I'm kinda starting to get ready for this, uh for that other band Wait. And then yeah, I'm kinda starting to you know, I I don't wanna spend too much time before getting to another resist album. So I you know, I've started kind of writing some rough ideas and just kinda I'm like just getting into that process of, you know, starting on something new. Oh,
1: that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I I'm a huge fan. I love what i've heard i've, I've li- i really did enjoy going back and listening to the older albums i mean so true so bound is really cool you guys got some great solos on there some great songs like uh and listen to sunlight um the, the song vessel off of sunlight is one of my favorites that is fantastic oh, fact that you guys can go do that and then do uh something like writhe and it's like two totally different ends of the spectrum it's just that's what i like in a band a band that's versatile they, you know not everything sounds yeah you, sure yeah not everything's not everything's the growl not everything's the uh the, you know the clean vocals either so right, right. i really love the versatility and I, th- I think that's that's just really a testament to the talent of you guys and oh, take my picture I, I just wanted I wanted to throw out that those the solos in that uh, that song are fantastic oh thanks man and that's those is kind of what, what one of the songs that made me think of, of uh, uh, Guthrie and, and Chris Poland and all this it's just that heavy jazz but jazz influenced stuff and it's a, that's the kind of stuff that fascinates me because to me those are two genres that I don't know they, they don't seem to me like they would be connected but technical aspects they're definitely I can, I can see a connection but if you take them on, on a whole you, you know you just go into somebody and say hey here's some jazz and metal like my grandfather listened to old jazz that's so not what i you know <laughs> it's that's what i think of when i think of jazz you know like duke ellington and, and it's not necessarily john mclaughlin or something you know so. right
2: right right but i mean it's it's uh, the thing is music is kind of just music and i think like if you Study it enough in some ways, like you know, and you kind of just like you know, harmony is harmony, and and there are different sort of things that we're used to hearing that are characteristic of different styles. But it's not, you know, it's kind of all the same stuff in a certain way. I mean, you know, not not that all music's the same. I don't mean that, but it's like you know, there's a certain point where I think the language stuff kind of can go beyond. You know just like what what we kind of typically think of of styles, and it's like, okay well, this rhythm or this kind of harmony is like typically used in this style, but you know it's there there's still you know everything's related i think
1: i uh, yeah no i I agree with that and I, and I like a band that can take something that's not typical of the of the genre they usually play and incorporate it yeah. in, into and make it something new. And yeah. I really like what you guys have been putting out and, and the new album is, is fantastic. And you guys produced that yourselves. That and, and So True So Bound, right? You guys did the, the production on that on your well, own.
2: Being, um, yeah, I mean, like the engineering for the, well, it, dep- it depends what part because um, we, we didn't mix or master them. You okay. know, we we're, yeah. Um, we, we did most of the recording at like the Oh, yeah, all the recording like of guitars and and bass we did ourselves. The drums uh, on this one, I have a friend that that engineered them, and then the drummer that played on So True So Bound engineered those himself. But but yeah, and then the vocals um, were were engineered and produced by another friend of mine who's who's you know really good at that okay. so I, so it's like yeah I, kind of half and half i guess yeah okay
1: is it difficult to do that i mean to record and then say no i got to do another take or or yeah, this is this is fantastic is it difficult to edit yourself like that
2: yeah, because we're all obsessive about the details. I mean, there's so, like, in metal, it's become really mechanical in some ways. Like, the sta- the bar, as far as, you know, like, the technical bar has gotten to this point where, you know, there's a lot of people kind of doing, like, fake stuff, like, or recording at half speed. And then <laughs> that becomes almost like the standard where everybody feels compelled to to do that to that level. And we try not to do that exactly just because I think we don't think it's necessary anymore. Okay. Um, You know, like, and and maybe that's also just not even the kind of players that we are. Uh, But, you know, we like it to kind of breathe a little more, like a a lot of, a lot of metal stuff now is like really quantized or it's just super on the grid to the point where, you know, it's almost because the bar is a computer. Right. Right. And so, yeah, we try not to do that. and, And we try to keep the performances, pretty organic in that sense but like we're still going especially when you're yeah when you have all the time in the world and it's you know you don't have all the time in the world but you know you don't you're not on the clock for the most part uh well with drums we are though so yeah I mean I don't know I I think everybody's pretty picky about their playing so we're trying to get the best stuff out of ourselves for sure it's not like um you know, and that can keep going forever.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I know. I know what you mean. (laughs) So there's a lot
2: of takes, there's a lot of takes. And then there's depending on what the part is, or, you know, like with the vocals, we chopped them up a lot. You know, I'd probably, I generally do sometimes like between three to maybe even eight takes of something. And then we kind of go through and sometimes you find one that's like, okay, well this is really good. I layer a lot too, you know? So, so that's another thing. So it's like, you kind of get your lead take and then you, you layer a shit ton of other stuff to that and every part's like orchestrated a little differently as far as that goes and um so yeah it's a lot of time recording um
1: how <laughs> <I'll> bad <bet. laughs> so, yeah. so it, do you guys find it difficult to when you're laying that stuff to play it live and have it sound good to you guys
2: uh, i don't know they're like they're really two different things okay you know i mean i, I like i'm always i never feel like i'm like ready for a performance <laughs> you know
3: it's <laughs>
2: Like, it never, like, by the time, like, a tour rolls around or whatever, I never, I never feel like I'm, like, quite there. Yeah. Um, Even when I rehearse the crap out of stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of a different thing. And the other thing is, um oh, that music is so layered. But I kind of like the idea of, because a lot of bands are playing to backing tracks now. Yeah. And we haven't done that yet. We've been, you know, we play as a five-piece live and, and have keyboards that... Sometimes oh, okay. it's covering keyboard parts, but sometimes it's the keyboards are even playing these layered guitar parts or these kind of ambient guitar parts. OK. And, uh, and that, that cuts a little better than I think three guitars might at times. You know, I think three guitars gets a little tricky with engineering. There's plenty of ads that do it. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think we think that the music has to be like super literal all the time because there's this mentality in metal that's like very conservative in terms of like this is the recording and now you're trying to emulate your recording exactly live yeah and to me it's like sometimes there's times you want that but sometimes there's also places where it's like okay this is harmony and melody or riff and melody you know however you want to look at that Mm -hmm. and maybe this can be interpreted a little bit different and as long as we have all the key components to something. You know, there's room for that to change a little and create a cool live experience, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a different thing. It's a different animal. Well,
1: yeah. I've, always, I've always liked bands that when they play live, it sounds a little bit different than the album. Because if I wanted to hear the album exactly like the album, I'd just put on the album.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel that way, too you know and and i and I like the live push a pull of things yeah. and I, I like the feeling that you know sometimes i like the feeling more that the musicians could be on edge or something or and yeah so like there's a little bit of improv that happens every night as well you know like oh, some cool. of the stuff just we straight improv and sometimes we have these sections for a while we were um if the set's long enough we'll do like you know a lot of bands kind of will play segues. yeah between stuff and we improvised segues so we'll do like oh, ambient cool. stuff with our instruments kind of when there's downtime between the songs sometimes we'll you know like maybe two of the guys will just create this ambience and you know there might just be this little minute of improvisation that's just textural sounds and yeah stuff oh, like that's that.
1: Awesome. That reminded because the, the the song uh, Last Flight Looming I love mm-hmm. that that is your description you just gave me kind of reminded me of that song and and that that is like the creepiest song on the album it sounds like, like a sci-fi horror soundtrack it's it's awesome.
2: sent matt the other the other guitar okay. yeah he did that that was like 100 his creation and we knew like we needed like this really we needed something to fill that gap you know it, yeah. it just felt like it needed something between uh egocosm and and uh spotlights and yeah he um he was kind of just vibing it out and he was like yeah i think i have something that really works for this and yeah he just kind of did that all himself and i really liked it and thought it was a good fit and yeah it
1: really yeah. is that that yeah. Bridges those two perfectly. It's fantastic. And the
2: slide guitar stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I love yeah. it. I was impressed that you started the album off with a 10 minute track. That was pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, it just kind of happened like that.
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you guys, you really. What was the, what was the word? I, gotta, I put on my notes. I was just. Uh... Uh, I don't know. My notes are ridiculous. I can't even figure out what, what the hell they. I... <laughs> It's all good, man. And I know. My see, the the problem is with this, and with my with the show in general. It just goes all. Sometimes it just goes all over the place.
2: Yeah, so it's like freeform stuff.
1: Ambitious. That's, uh, yeah, I said, and I wrote down ambitious. So oh, am. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right, man. I probably, I'll let you go. <laughs> all right, Mark. yeah Nice talking. You too. I'll talk to you later.
0: American dream. The big house. The happy family. The money. 911. What's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat?
3: Would they shop? Would I
0: shop? Would you kill?
3: Yes. <laughs> my robin dead. My mom and my
0: there. From airship